My name is Alex, and I'm here to say I hate Yerks in a major way. Welcome to Minds at Yerk. My name is Alex. I'm Megan. And I'm Tim. And this week we talk about Megamorphs number four, Back to Before. Sadly, missed opportunity, not dispelled before, B-E number four. No, I truly appreciate that they didn't do that. (laughs) I am, I'm going to take the opposite stance and say that I'm super disappointed. Shocker. How has everyone been for the last 47 years that have been the two weeks since we last recorded no you know march was about 10 to 12 years april was like 12 minutes but all of those minutes were subsumed by march which somehow is still happening despite it now being made (laughs) (laughs) i because i don't know who i think i was talking with red and said they kept saying something about March 30th. And I was like, that was last week. And then it was like, no, April 30th was last <laughs> week. So I am well. So you're, you're saying that March was very long. So long, in fact, that it consumed the very quick April it, that happened after like, it. There was something about it that like April went by super quick, surprisingly. And I think part of it for me is just that I am about at two months of quarantine, and it just has gone into some kind of normality. I feel like we're not very temporally grounded. No. No. Are you kidding? I would, not. I would like to propose an alternate to string theory. Okay. I'm going to propose nesting doll theory, in which all of time exists inside of a complete hole of all of the rest of time. Okay. So you've got I don't think... an April inside of a March, and May is going to exist inside of April? Um, I don't know that anybody could make a valid argument against the nesting doll theory. I mean, really, okay, so let's talk about the year so far. We had January. I think that's when Australia was on fire, no? Um, I think that was February. It was, January, was January and February. It was still burning in February, though. Something happened in January. Was some no because there were fires near Chernobyl at one point too. Also, February just sucks because it's February. Um, then COVID happened. The worst. February's the fucking worst. It's the worst. And then March happened, which was COVID here. I mean, obviously it's been going on elsewhere. And then now we're at Killer Hornets. So either time completely dies and ceases to exist and we just kind of like let go and become i don't know better beans i don't know how that butter beans better oh i like the better one butter beans i mean that is is a different life reliving a margarine advertising campaign from the late (laughs) 90s now so either time stops existing as it is in june or vampires that's where i'm going what if we are, in fact, in the bad place, and the next thing is just flying cocktail shrimp? I went, so you said, what if we're in the bad place? And I went, oh, so penis flatteners are next. Yikes. Yeah. Let's go. Let's hope for the shrimp. <laughs> I'm rooting for shrimp. 
Yeah. I had a good two weeks. I'm glad. You. I, I didn't work for most of the two weeks, so. You didn't work at your job. You did a lot of work. Well, that's true. Also, that's true. for the sake of clarity, Tim was on vacation. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, good point. I guess I should phrase that differently. Yeah. Yeah. Taking well, a very much needed, very well-deserved vacation. Yes. In which you did a lot of painting. I did. I painted much. <laughs> My domicile is much different colors now. <laughs> and most of them in the places you wanted them to be. Most. Most. I have the same color carpet, so I'm going to call it a victory. <laughs> As in, all of those colors ended up on a wall, or... Something close wall adjacent. Like your own body. Yes. <laughs> I did go to Home Depot in order to... Mm, nope, that's free advertising. I did go to the hardware store, <laughs> and I did have to get paint that matched the last paint because I ran out. And I realized how convenient it was since it was all over my hands that I could just... Hey, look, it matches. <laughs> I brought many a sample with me. Bless. How's your two weeks, Alex? Uh, it's been fine. Very much, uh, I have hit the, this is the same thing every day phase of this. Which, I think I'm about three days behind you in terms of how long I have been sheltering in place. Yeah. So, I'm actively at this point trying to break up the monotony. That's valid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm succeeding. Not sh- Italy. The day Italy shut down is the day that I essentially did too. Yeah. Well, super fun. I think it's time for a change of subject. And to that, we look to Tim for a summary. <laughs> All right. Megamorphs number four. The gang is in a rough battle. Jake lost a tiger leg, and Tobias almost died. Jake has a dream, and the Drode shows up. Drode says, Cryoc, Cryoc, Cryac can undo it all. Jake agrees. Cut to the mall the day the story began. The group decides to take the long way home. Vice gets picked on and invited to a group. Cassie is hearing phantom calls from the ocean and seeing things. Axe is stuck underwater and thinks it's driving him crazy. Rachel and Marco are on a field trip and see Marco's mom. They chase after and get shot at with lasers. Tobias goes to his second sharing meeting and sees Jake there. Axe morphs a shark, and almost gets taken out by Yerks. He kills a bunch of Texans. Cassie asks Jake to come over and study, but there's a sharing meeting, so gotta do it tomorrow. Tobias agrees to become a full member of the sharing. No wait, he changed his mind, but it was too late. Tobias has been yerked by Odret177, <laughs> who brings a message that Visser 3 cannot override Visser 1. There's an Andalite on TV. Tom has to go handle it. Jake sneaks into the van and gets shot at. Sees Tom kill someone and starts to morph, maybe? Jake calls the gang together because something isn't right. Axe gets on TV to tell the world about it. Cassie remembers how it's supposed to be. Tom comes home while Jake is spying. Rachel beats the hell out of Tom. <laughs> they are attacked by bug fighters and people see it on the news. Marco gets killed by the bug fighter. Rachel and Jake get Cassie. They hide out various places and end up at the mall. The Yerks also go to the mall to harvest controllers. The gang fights a bunch of Hork-Bajir and meet up with Axe. 
Rachel kills a hork with a decapitated hork head. Axe has a plan to steal the blade ship. On the way, Rachel is killed. They get on the ship, and Visser 3 is there. Cassie gets killed. But not really? Everyone is back, and so is the Drode and the Elemist. Cassie is temporally grounded, so the Drode's new timeline didn't stick. The Drode gives Jake the chance to pick again, and gives up on it. When we say Cassie was temporarily grounded, like, she broke the laws of space-time and was sent to her room, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, can I say, I loved this one. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, no, this one was really fantastic. And best uh, of all, only... that old homeless man who looked like George Clooney survives. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was hoping when I was halfway through this, uh, so I had the realization that this is not going to take, right? I didn't know people were going to die, but I had the realization that this is not going to take. But I had hoped that something would come out of it altering the story from where we were before. That's the only thing that I was kind of like, you know, fingers crossed. Like, I, I doubt this will be like a new starting point for the story. Nothing that dramatic. You mean like but I was hoping Cassie that. being a fixed point upon which all of space-time pivots, yes. apparently? Yes, well, this would have been Cassie's flashpoint. Not even just that, we, we we the readers, and I guess Cassie also learned that, like, Tobias, uh, Axe, Cassie, Marco, and likely Jake are not, it's not a coincidence that they walked through this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's all been LMS bullshit. Yeah. We've we've kinda seen that once before in Andalite Chronicles when the LMS shows Elfanger all of these strands weaving through time to coalesce together. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's not made explicit there, but there's there is an awareness that the LMS knows that these people are important and needs all of these pieces together. Does Meanwhile, the question of is Rachel important? Was she also, or is she actually a coincidence? I mean, Jake and Rachel both, like, other than the Krayak wanting to take Jake like some sort of chess piece, we don't get that Jake <laughs> is important in any way either. You know, there was one thing that hasn't sort of been sitting right, and I think I just kind of don't understand what he meant by it. Okay. But when the Drode refers to Tobias as his time shifted son, uh-huh. When did Tobias get time shifted? When Elfangor's past got rewritten? Yeah. Oh, that's the time yeah. shift. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I was reading it as something had happened to Tobias and I just wasn't remembering what it was. No, that's what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. No, nothing happened. Just his father got vanished from space time. You know, as one does. <laughs> yeah. I've done that like three times this week. Ugh. Your poor kid. Yeah. No, but this was so good. I And the same thing we talked about last time when we talked about the Wonderful Life connection. The the whole alternate timeline, like what if they had taken the other route? Well, then this war would have been a, like a, a whole lot different and a whole lot sped up. Yeah. And it was neat to see, you know? And Tobias has shit luck regardless of the timeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that point where they they said nobody would really remember except for Cassie and only vaguely. But that point where they know what happened in this timeline and the other timeline, that's a fun character to sort of dive into where it's Bird Tobias and he's like, no, 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 I wouldn't have did that. I wouldn't have did that. And I was like, oh, no, you did do it. You, you, totally, you totally did do it. Lies and calumny, and we will never speak of this again. Yep. 
I mean, it kind of just, I guess, shows how much Tobias has changed. I mean, I know they've all changed or whatever, but like Tobias is ha- probably has done a complete 180 from like if he actually went back and got stuck in human form would not be. I mean, as soon as a bully tried to pick on him, he'd likely beat the shit out of them. Yeah, it would be very different. Yeah. And or Rachel would show up and beat the shit out of him first. I feel like they would have a conversation about how she can't do that. Like, But she'd will... really, really want to. You'd like see her in the background oh, just definitely. glaring. Definitely. I mean, she fucking killed a hork with another hork severed head. Oh, so good. That's so <laughs> great. in the book. Best part in the book. Um, The other best part in the book. It's just funny to me how, like, Rachel, it's been, like, this sort of gradual, not super gradual, but over the course of books, she's, uh, like, opened up and become this warrior person. Whereas in this book, it was like, oh, war's on, let's go. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Here, Tom, meet baseball bat. That's true. But also, we kind of get a timeline in here that establishes the first... 10 books or so take place over the course of like 12 days. Oh, well, no, that's a good it was point like, too. yeah, f- it was 40 something days. I feel like, and nights, maybe the I first mean, five books though. over 40 days. Mm, I think it's got to be faster than that because Cassie, Cassie starts seeing Axe very Which early is on. Book four, okay, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe more like the first five or six, then, yeah, it's still a very quick timeline. Yeah. Yes. I mean, considering how um, important Tom's yerk is, and book six is a Jake getting Tom's old yerk because they basically put a new one in because he's still only like sixteen, and that yerk was going to go on to be like a politician or something. So yeah, I would say at the most the first six, but still, you're right. Like that's forty. I think it was like forty four days. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's still not long to become. No. And the line to book. Four is even faster. That is a week. Yeah. But that makes sense because, like, Axe couldn't have stayed down there that much longer. Right. I don't like the characterization of Cassie at the beginning of this. This is, especially to be not a ghostwriter, a strange treatment of Cassie, I think, across the board. Yeah. Like, Never thought I'd have to defend her, but Cassie is very cool with who she is and has always been very much like, this is me. And we've never really gotten a moment to this point where it's like, she says something and like about food going to her thighs. And I was like, who the fuck is talking? Because it's definitely not either of the girls in the Animorphs because neither of them give a shit about that. Yeah. And like, I get the, the... Cassie wondering if Jake finds her attractive thing, but it's yeah. never been written as something that specific and that mundane. It's just, it's like, um, I don't know, it's the lack of self-confidence that comes across that I was like, this is not, because from like book one or two, it was pretty much like, yeah, we all knew that Cassie and Jake liked each other. And it was, like, the teasing because, like, Cassie wears poop-covered clothes kind of thing. So, yeah. And, like, they never have know. time for it to advance. Right. So it advances much, much more slowly. Right. Which brings us to the other elephant and gorilla in the room. Dating. Oh, God. Marco and Rachel. 
Can I can I tell you that I really liked this, but I did not like it until the end, and it all pays off for me in the the Rachel comment of like there is no timeline where I date Marco. <laughs> yeah, Tobias is like but, I don't want to remember joining the sharing and being yerked and yeah. everyone's talking about the traumas they've endured and Rachel's like, Yeah, and I can't I can't live with the knowledge that I dated Marco. <laughs> yeah. 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 That uh that like the whole time I was like, Man, this is weird <laughs> and then it paid off for me so hard right at the end that I was like, Worth it. Worth every bit of it. But I can understand because the way that their relationship comes together, she's not interested. She's interested in him kind of like you're interested in a bug <laughs> and then suddenly the dude's talking about how his dead mom's there and then there's an adventure with lasers and shit and like yeah that is entirely rachel yeah, she's like, like fuck yeah. yes i am in yeah. for this as yeah. not a rachel marco shipper i think this book does a good job of creating this yeah. inciting incident to be like okay i don't like the idea of this but knowing this is Basically, it's a wonderful life. Yes, I will absolutely buy that this wild, crazy thing that happens. And her getting to see Marco in this context of cold, calculating planner Mm -hmm. does make something click. That's like, okay, yes, we could we could date. Especially in the context that they are middle schoolers. And this is clearly going to be one of those like my middle school ex who I just don't want to think about moments. (laughs) I looked mine up the other day for some reason. I don't remember why. Was it because his mother showed up in a blonde wig in the museum you were in? No. No. I think I was... We were talking about exes and maybe how many of my exes have kids. Mm. All my exes live in Texas. I knew it was Fuck coming. <laughs> I've become predictable. Um, Man, now I have a little bit of Lexus in my head. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I, um, would your middle school ex... Be smart enough not to morph in the same elevator <laughs> as his mom, who is also the leader of an alien invasion. Yes, because my middle school ex is non-existent. I don't think so. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Follow-up question. Is your middle school ex living out life as a rat on an island off the coast? <laughs> no, no. He's got a pretty good life from what I gather. Okay. I haven't talked to him since high school, and we're not Facebook friends or anything, but... Uh, it's Megan's Eric trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's good, as far as I know. But uh, no, given like how we broke up and everything, I'm going to say no, he would do something stupid. I'm not going to talk about how we broke up. I will tell you the guys that story <laughs> later if you want to hear. That is not for everybody to hear. They, That's fine. They That's actually fair. broke up when somebody altered the timeline. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So, what about your your middle uh, school ex, Tim? Oh yeah, we almost let um, Tim off the hook for that one. Yeah, not not no, doing I, that. I'm pretty sure she would have been smart enough not to do that. I think in actuality, if one of us was dumb enough to do that, <laughs> it would have been me. So we should be asking her this question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like we should tweet that question. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> so Tim, yes. Which Animorphs death in this was your favorite, and why? Okay, so when you say favorite, my favorite was a hork getting stabbed by another hork decapitated. And that hork is an now, Animorph in what way? No, I'm just saying. Favorite, favorite murder happened that way. 
Now, the one that carried the most drama for me had to have been Marco, because I really didn't see it coming. Nor did you see Rachel inconsolable clinging to his body? No, not at all. Now, by the time we got to Rachel, I was like, okay, so this is what's happening. So it didn't carry quite the weight as it did when Marco died. Because again, I was still holding on to my little hope that somehow the universe would be changed or altered in some way. So like, I didn't think of things happening with that much gravity to them. So your hope here was that 40 books into a 52 book series. 54. 54 book series. The timeline gets rewritten, changing. Not rewritten as, as much as shifted. Okay. Yeah, you know, so like, it's that same sort what of are the kind, wibbly wobbly. What kinds thing of like. things did you expect to like stay changed? Um, I thought that when we, when everything sort of settled down, that jake's mom would have been the cryak and then jake's dad would have been the leader of the animorphs and it would have been jake who died in the alley when they were mugged after the this is all just flashpoint stuff that i'm just (laughs) regurgitating now yeah yeah Uh, okay um no i i don't know i don't know what i like but it's just interesting when people like like i said that 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 moment in time where they realized that both timelines existed and they had made decisions in both timelines, and one of them was going to count, and one of them was not going to count. Yeah. But you still have to, like, you know, I have to realize that I'm the person who, you know, joined the sharing. I'm the person who made the decision that led to the deaths of the Animorphs, but also sped up the war a whole lot. So you, know? you just wanted so. to take the trauma dial, trauma dial and turn it yeah. up from 10 to, like, 72. Does that make me a bad person? No. But you're, I mean, we are at a point where, like, the final arc has to start at some point, and things have got to start going into motion that are going to have longer effects than just one book. Right. A Megamorse is not where that's going to start, though. That is also true. And you end up back with that, you end up back with that that question, where if three of your friends are going to die, but you're going to speed up the war, does that math out for you? Well, what if you add in millions of human lives lost? Plus, you don't know what the toll on the human life will be if you take the extended war option. So your question is, do you take a slow, measured approach to a global catastrophe that will kill people? Or do you speed it up despite having much, much heavier casualties just to get it over with? Man, I really backdoored into that one, didn't I? Uh. Well, when you say it like that. Um, Hello, I was the droid the whole time. <laughs> With that hand motion, I wish, I wish I had been, like, had a camera ready or something. That was wonderful. <laughs> no, I mean, before this book, can you honestly remember a time where an Animorph has killed a human? They put him as a rat on an island. But he, we have not established die. if he has died yet or not. Oh, that's true. Well, um, according to some people on this podcast, Cassie did murder Visser 3's twin brother and presumably that's fair. also his host. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. No, yes. that's fair. <laughs> I, so, yeah. Okay. So that's one in 40 something books. Um, I mean, to the point, like, 
there was a villain. I don't know if it was Taylor or if it was like one of the other Visors or Visor One maybe even said it. Like had started to notice the fact that the Andalite bandits were not killing human controllers with mm-hmm. the same level that they were killing everybody else yeah. or all the other controllers. That was so, Visor One. Yeah. Yeah. So like the death of the human controller in this book was so jarring to me, like begging for his life. Also, Rachel yeah. beating a dude yeah. bloody and kneecapping him with a baseball bat. Yeah. I mean, I'm here for it. But Yes. Yeah. Also, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I watched Atomic Blonde again the other day, and that movie is clearly some future timeline for Rachel. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. That's all. Send tweet. <laughs> uh, I'm not tweeting this conversation, sorry. No, that's fine. So you were talking about animorphs killing people. Yeah. Like uh, obviously straight up this book starts with like a kid or guy. I mean, I'm assuming it was like from what I remember it was younger begging for his life from Jake. Yeah. Well, not I thought he mm. I mean, I read that as just they left him there to die because he was so yeah. far But it's gone. still a version of he did not and his suffering. He, it, it's yes. the first time that really we don't see compassion for a human controller. That's fair. Yes. There was the timeline where... Say it, Tim. You know you want to. Rachel, Rachel ate tomorrow. Yes! There was that, though. <laughs> the student has become the master. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad audio because you can't see Meg's reaction to this, but it was beautiful. Anybody that knows Meg should know what the reaction is right now. Strangely, the alternate timelines in these books don't give me the anxiety problems that most of the time alternate <laughs> timelines do. Do you think it's because they're so extreme? Um, I think it's because it feels like they get shut down. Like, they get um, kind of like uh, Donna Noble. Cassie's like Donna Noble. Yes. Um, Cassie is Donna Noble. I was waiting and... for the turn left comparisons. Yeah. Well, just like, yeah, I mean, where that is like they created a world around Donna and when she kind of realized it wasn't real, it cracked and fell away. Multiple times this happens to Donna. And that's kind of how it felt here was it's not it's not a true alternate timeline. I see your point. It's a time convergence built around Jake. In DC Comics terms, it's a dark multiverse. It cannot exist indefinitely. It will decay and go away. Which is what we see kind of happen at the end. The world starts breaking down and dead people yeah. come back to life on the blade ship. Kill Visser 3. <laughs> oh, that was another question. Cassie does it. Cassie wins. Cassie kills Hitler. Uh, so that that is Cassie that killed Visser 3. It wasn't just Visser 3 fell apart with the timeline. No, it was Cassie was gone and then Cassie was back and shot Visser 3's yeah. torso off. Okay, that's how I got. I, I sort of got that jumbled in my head yeah because i was like well what did did cassie ever really die in the first place no from the standpoint that she is what causes the timeline to not right she she, but functionally she did in that she died but existentially she couldn't so she came back yeah like the elements brought back marco tobias rachel yeah 
Or was it just the Or the fact that there was timeline? The, the yeah. Elm is closing it down. As where Cassie essentially brought herself back to life, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. I I actually think I might have even read it as like Cassie's coming back is what triggered Marco's coming back. Because didn't Marco reappear before the Drode and the Elemist? There was a gorilla. I don't remember the order of the people appearing, but yeah. remember the Drode there was there before he appeared? That's true. I mean, because the he Drode was bad mouthing and always, you know, there. he's like, yeah, he's like, no, this isn't this isn't right. I mean, he made himself sort of apparent. Yeah. When he started complaining about the effects of the... The drode, or I'm sorry, the gorilla was there before the drode became visible and said, Oh, all right, stop, all right. Yeah. So, I read it as Cassie coming back is what, like, starts bringing everyone else back from the dead. But I, I don't think we have anything definitive there. I don't think Cassie is what does it. I think Cassie bringing herself back is what causes the drode to be like... It's maybe what causes... I don't know. Well, she was obviously breaking this thing down from the start. Yeah. Because the way she could hear Axe was already messing with the effects that the Drode wanted. Yeah. I mean, she remembered so, so yeah. much. She, yeah, she was making those comments all the time. She yeah. said, oh, this isn't right. Do we think she could actually hear Axe in this timeline? Or she just yes. remembered hearing him and had the same dreams? Okay. No, I had, the, I had that same thought. Whether or not Axe was actually speaking, or if she was just sort of like, "This is how this is supposed to play out. Why isn't this playing out that and way?" There... And honestly, I don't have a good answer to that. Which one of those was actually happening? Well, here's why I ask: In that book, Tobias can hear it too because they both made this right. connection to Elfanger. But Tobias was a bird, and I don't know if that makes a difference. I mean. I guess it wouldn't. He would still be able to hear, right? Maybe he just wouldn't be open to At it. the end of the day, I don't think it makes a big difference. It but it was something that I questioned as I was reading. Like, is this part of her remembering? Or is this, she still has this connection in some way? I feel like because of how the book is written, we're supposed to take away that she is hearing acts. Okay. We haven't really talked a lot about Tobias's whole run. No, we haven't. Um... That's because I kind of hate it. I mean, but it is the most valid outcome for him. It is. It doesn't make me enjoy the bully stories anymore. No, it sucks. Tobias's life is yeah. awful, and it is so terrible. The fact that like, like him as a hawk who is constantly risking his life is actually a better life for him. I The, the idea of me rooting for the sharing, <laughs> I don't want to root for the sharing. But when those two guys from the sharings come up and they tell Andy and Tap Tap to knock it off, I was like, you know what? You go, sharing guys. You <laughs> now, go. I wish you were doing it for the right reasons, but you go. Now, just to draw some connections here, those two sharing guys also love beach bocce. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Must be a cult thing. Beachy. In this timeline, those are the same two guys. True fact. That's Alex's fanfic. It's about those two guys. And it's like, it's this weird, like, Top Gun volleyball scene of them playing beach bocce. Yeah. I also picture basically the Winklevoss twins. So do with that what you yeah. will. Yeah. I didn't until now, but now I do. <laughs> I may have watched too much Community. There is no such thing. Which brings me to, you oh, know what no. we have not done in a while? <laughs> and I told you both would happen this time. Oh, no. Which... Animorph is each community character, or which community character is each Animorph? We can do it either way. I will leave it up to you two. 
There are six Animorphs, or there's seven Animorphs. Jake, Rachel, Cassie, Marco, Tobias, Axe. There's six. Yes. If we so wanna... nobody's Pierce. Well, no. Yeah, I don't think there's a Pierce. David is definitely Pierce. Fine. David is Pierce. Yeah, David well, is definitely Pierce. No, David is Pierce because the droid is Chang. Yes. 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 So would you think that Jeff would be more of a Marco, or would Jeff be more of a Jake? Marco, Abed is Jake. Yes, I agree with this. But does what we learned in this book mean that Abed has to be Cassie because Abed is the observer? Britta would be Cassie to me. Yeah. And Annie would be Rachel. Yeah. Because of Britta's constant protesting. Yes. It may not be the same kind of protesting, but it would be protesting. And Annie can get vicious. And it also makes sense because Shirley, bless Shirley, sticks with her religion and rituals. Axe-a-million. Ah, yes. Which would make Troy Tobias. Trobias, if you will. (laughs) Trobias. Actually, that came together easier than I thought it was going to. When you first mentioned it, I was like, well, they don't translate at all. Axe and Toby in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like between Jeff Abed and Troy, you get marco jake and tobias like mixed together in three different ways i'd agree with that community was very good (laughs) i watched all of community on vacation did you say thank you to your bestie uh i did yes i did my bestie stephanie from the judging book covers podcast yes that one (laughs) shout out to my bestie this is my fault and yet Uh, so yes, Tobias joins up with the sharing. He learns to play pool from his buddy Bill. Bill sucks. Is Bill Bill Cipher in human form? I definitely yes. had the thought. Yeah, I did not. Oh, I definitely. But I did. like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, Red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias learns to play pool. Tobias gets very good at pool. Tobias. Becomes a full member of sharing and is dragged to a tiny yerk pool where Bill and Chapman hold his head underwater. He also gets into a really big fight with Jake about the sharing. Which was really tragic, too, because it's it's one of those fights where, like, everything that comes out of Tobias's mouth sounds wrong and not the way he Mm -hmm. means it. And Jake is so on edge because he has mentioned the sharing to Cassie earlier over the phone. And she, like, has a little freak out because she knows it's this loaded, terrifying thing, but can't say why. Yeah. But Jake also doesn't have a good feeling about the sharing. Right. And it does suck that, like, the one person who would get sucked into what the sharing is offering, which is essentially just a place to belong, is Tobias. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of expected this book to have had Tobias still go through, like, uh, still go through the construction site by himself. Yeah. I was kind of expecting that. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I mean, there are a few points throughout this where, like, I think there are things that you can kind of expect that don't happen. Like, it never actually gets, for as dark as it does get, it never actually gets as dark as I expected it to. Uh-huh. Um, by which I mean just, like, I expected it to be a note, this is a full loss situation. Yes, like, that I was waiting on this The also. team wins on a technicality and gets to go right. back to the normal timeline, but would have totally lost the war. And yes. has to remember that. Uh, this, this moment with Tobias and Jake was another one of those moments for me, though, where, like, yeah. as it happens, I'm like, it, 
I want any part of them to like recognize in each other whatever is going on and like start to get the band back together. Yeah, but only Cassie is really if, realizing that. Yeah. What if Tobias was the Lonomorph? Oh, he still would have died at some point without backup. Yeah. But now I want to see a superhero called the Lonomorph <laughs> just trying to make this thing work. He would need a good bandit mask. He would need a bandit mask and a cape. Yeah. He would learn how to morph a cape. So now I'm trying to think about what if Bill Cipher and the Cryak are the same person? I but mean, it's like, you know how like the Greeks and the, the Romans had like similar gods, but they had different names. But yeah, maybe. I feel like they're two different kinds of evil. I feel like the Drode is definitely more a Bill Cipher than the Krayak is. But it seems like Bill Cipher has more power than the Drode. Yeah, Bill doesn't seem to bow down to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... So maybe he's like 1.5 Drodes and like 0.75 Krayaks? He just... he Bill doesn't seem to have like... the So the Krayak is like in a war... Bill just, like, wants to find new places to spread out and destroy? Party? I don't know. Make crazy, essentially? Yeah. (laughs) He wants, look, he just wants to make things weird. And I think we can all understand that impulse. (laughs) On this podcast, just maybe. Maybe a little (laughs) bit. So, is Jimmy Stewart Chapman this week, then? Uh, no, I think this week Chapman is the Dean from Community. But, like, the Dean from, like, the Heart of Darkness episode? Uh, John Goodman's Vice Dean. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) But specifically, like, season three John Goodman with the ponytail? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) The, like, elaborately braided ponytail? Yes. I'm going through some stuff. (laughs) Can you turn around? Very good. So, Tim, do you think we're... So we are, next is book 41. So we essentially have... Jim Rash, by the way. Yes. The Dean's name. Yes. Also the voice of Gyro Gearloose on DuckTales. Bring it, Tim. Didn't know that. So we have, what, essentially 15 more main series books, and then The Elements Chronicles, I think is where we got left. 14 Mm -hmm. more, and Elements. Yes, if you said 54 and we've read through 40, that would leave 14 more. Yeah. Um, maybe I was counting Megamorphs when I did this count the other day. Uh, are we done with time shifts? I can't possibly imagine we are. No. Yeah. I imagine probably we haven't seen the worst one yet. (laughs) Now. I would assume. I will caveat Tim's statement. I feel like we kind of have to see the first time alternate timeline again, because that's the only one that, like, we haven't seen Decay. Yeah, I don't think they're done with that story. Or at least... You're talking about the one from book seven? Yes. Yeah, oh, but God there's going Christ. to be something... I, I would call this shot right now that there's going to be something where Rachel has to make a choice to either go down that path or not go down that path, and that hasn't hit yet. That's valid. Yeah. So I don't think we're done with that timeline. Or at least done seeing it. But you don't think we're question. like going to jump into some future timeline where the kids are adults and still at war with the Yerks. I don't I don't see that happening. I mean, I guess that would be a good way of like we only have X amount of books left, but kids really are going to win this war? We do get a pretty strong yeah. undercurrent in this one of the I'm not even undercurrent. It's made explicit 
the argument that, no, kids are great for this because no one fucking expects anything from them. Yep. Yeah. Also, there's a reference to Clinton, which I, like, had a moment and was yeah, like, that, damn, all right. That kind of caught me off guard, not so much for the time, but it seems like we're we're trying to dodge real... But it, you know, other than like cultural references, yes and no, like something like that. It, it, it sort of struck me as that sort of cements everything in in. Place. I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole thing from the we... beginning is the fact that I'm not going to tell you my last name because they might find me, and thus you spend the whole time going, "Is this a book series that's fiction, or is this someone's journals that got published?" But no, we still have we've had real world. People and things show up in this from early on. We had Planet Hollywood. We had Arnold Schwarzenegger pull that person out of the river. Yeah. Um, but it, it, there's there's something sort of timeless about Arnold Schwarzenegger, whereas you now know that this took place within the Clinton presidency, if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. Like it, it, it sort of narrows it in, and it, it seems like it wanted to try to avoid that, at least on a on a loose basis, you know? I guess I I don't know that I ever read this as anything but like a right now in the moment it was published thing. No, I'm not saying that like it just I don't know. At some point like we've had discussions of politicians and like things like that. It's just the first reference to Clinton and we're in book <laughs> I don't know. Around 40 something. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, it also may be that like because of When was this book published? 2000. Yeah, there was something that definitely put it in 2000, and I cannot remember what it is. Um, it may also be in part just because of, like, events of the Clinton presidency. Editorial wouldn't clear mentioning Clinton for a little while, which would be wild, but I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. There are a couple of, like, really weird um, cultural references in this one, too. One being to, like... Some interior design TV show or something like that. Yeah, I thought that one was strange. But like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've ever heard of the fucking person whose name was in the title of that show, and I can't find it again. (laughs) Yeah, and then you um you add in the the references that were made in the last book about like HGTV personalities or whatever. It's like these are some really like really like deep cuts for these kids i feel like yeah we get another ben and jerry reference which i feel like we've had mentioned before that was where the thigh conversation happened god that still bothers me yeah that was just straight up bad yeah um i meant to look up and did not whether or not dna miracle molecule is a real imax film star narrated by paul shaper i feel like i've seen this in a in a uh, there was a a point when we went to something that uh, like nearish a planetarium. I mean, it sounds like the name. It sounds like it should be the name of the uh, uh, science film in Jurassic Park. Yeah, I wonder if that's what it is. I, it does sound like a real thing, though. Well, the second result for DNA, the miracle molecule, is from the Creation Studies Institute. So. Oh, no. No, 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 we're good. Let's try adding Paul Schaefer to this Google search. This does not appear to be a real thing. The only results that show up that include the words Paul Schaefer and DNA, the miracle molecule, refer to Megamorphs 4. <laughs> cool. So, this film only this... exists in this alternate timeline. Good to know. Was that Jake who made that reference? 
I think it was Jake. What reference? The one to that ship person cooking show or whatever. I think so, but like I could not find it. I feel like we got off the subject of Tobias's arc, which ends in, you know, him getting shot by Vistor 3 for being a traitor working for Vistor 1. Yeah, I mean, his yerk, like, from the moment that it goes into his head, we learn is, like, not loyal to Vistor 3. Um, I was really hoping it was someone part of the yerk movement, like, or the yerk human alliance movement. Yeah. I don't know. I just made that up, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. the early stages of that stuff. Um, but no, it was someone. And that begs the question, did this yerk go into someone else's head? Did it have... Elsa... Go ahead. Sorry, I found it. I got excited. Elsa Clinch. K-L-E-N-S-C-H. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Style with Elsa Clinch. An Australian-American journalist, novelist, and television personality, often working in the world of fashion. She was the Real producer person. and host of Style with Elsa uh, Clinch. CNN's weekly fashion and design television program, which ran from 1980 to 2001. Wow. 21 years? Yep. She was born in 1933. Okay. Wow. Still alive, from what I can tell. So back to what, what was I saying? Um, York Resistance Movement. Oh, okay. So, assuming that the timelines the only shift that is different is the fact that they didn't walk through this construction site this yerk didn't magically appear in this timeline so did this yerk go into a person did he portray visitor three did he do a better job of hiding his betrayal because yerks still haven't done all-out war yeah i mean presumably he would have gone into the ear of either the cop or the Record producer. Right. So is there a Yerk waiting list? Oh, Or is it, you know, you you get like, you just luck of the draw as to whoever squirms fastest gets the Yeah, I mean, you gotta be on the list to get in. I feel like these pods are made, like these little individual ones only have one in there. It's not like... Yeah. Okay. So you say that he probably would have gone in the cop. I wonder if it's more specifically like like their assigned roles. So he would have been the next like kid who got recruited. Yeah, that's that's my question. Is not you're the next human host, but you're the next politician, you're the next hairstylist, you're the next mechanic. You know, something along So is those there lines. some sort of like Yerk aptitude test that they take in Yerk High School? There have to be Yerk guidance counselors. Like, what is the Yerk Asfab like? They they sit down and they ask you what you would do if you had a million dollars. I would... And that's supposed to tell you where, you, where you're supposed to, to be. In life. What happens what if they sing... Was that R.E.M. or Bare Naked Ladies? If I had a million yes. dollars? Oh, that was Bare Naked Ladies, because that I don't think was R.E.M. What happens if they sing Bare Naked Ladies when you ask that question? Then they get to become podcasters. Okay. <laughs> who also love musical theater. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like this this whole storyline happens and essentially this Yerk may be the reason why the Yerks are doing a secretive infiltration rather than an all out war or an all out yeah. battle. 
Yeah. And so... Because he does answer directly to the Council of Thirteen. According mm. to him, yeah. Maybe. According to him. Maybe. So I Maybe. guess, like, did Visitor 1 get the kid out in time? Or, I don't I don't know. I guess, like, I'm so curious yeah. about what happened with this yerk. In the... Pro- whose body they, they were in. In uh, the Prime Animorphs timeline, he gets yeah, a host who had a happy timeline. childhood. And therefore has better memories to draw on for encouragement when he <laughs> has to lie to Visitor 3. And doesn't and just go in sad. The- Maybe that is what is the saving grace. He got Melissa Chapman. <laughs> Melissa Chapman has not been yerked. Stop that. I like the uh I like the idea of the Yerk Prime timeline though. You just the like saying Prime? Yerk Prime timeline. I do like saying Yerk Prime timeline. <laughs> Alex calls me out for my shit so fast. <laughs> Have we been podcasting together too much? <laughs> Yerk Prime timeline. You, you said that like someone just called the Yerk Prime timeline hotline. <laughs> yeah, I said that too. I was like, did you just answer a phone? Yerk Prime will deliver it next day or it's free. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, definitely. Definitely. No question. Also... I don't know what alien species Elon Musk is, but he is too obviously an alien to be a Yerk. Yeah. I don't think we've met his race yet. If his race comes up in the Animorphs. I mean, he might be one of those weird future Yerk robots, honestly. Yes. Yes. We haven't really talked about Axe and what he went through here. No, Axe is interesting because Axe kind of just does it himself. Yeah. yeah, like he's on, he stays on his ship longer, but we also kind of learn, like, his ship's fine. He doesn't have to necessarily leave it. Uh, the only reason he kind of does is that it's considered cowardly to kind of hide. Well, and ultimately the Yarks do find it and detonate it. Yeah. I mean, they do yeah, eventually find it, yes, yeah. but yeah. that's like, not it's, why he left. Right. It's a good thing he left for that yeah. reason. Um, And he gets out... And acquires a human and ends up in a mental institution. Which he's cool with because these people are nice and he gets Oreos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he is totally fine being there. He will continue to a- answer their questions. Some real. This is the truth of the alternate timelines, though, is there's the Cinnabon timeline and there's the Oreo oh, timeline. Oh, shit, yes. Those are <laughs> the two names. Some... He does believe that, that this is the supreme food in both timelines. Um, I like how he calls it white adhesive. Yes, yes. Two, uh, two black discs, and yeah. the white adhesive. <laughs> and also, he has terrified anyone, everyone, so he is not allowed to go to cookies anymore. <laughs> Some uh, real Martian Manhunter vibes with his love of of Oreos. Yeah, I I also love the uh, the conversation that he has with the guy at Circuit City <laughs> when they launch the the EMP, and he explains what an EMP is, and the guy just turns to him and says. No TV? And he's like, no TV. <laughs> I mean, that that's just poetic, knowing Axe's love of TV. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the, the comparisons of technological superiority to moral superiority. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One guy's like, I think the world's gonna end. Well, we can watch it on this big-ass TV here. Are you paying attention, Zuckerberg and Musk <laughs> and, uh, Jack Dorsey? When, uh... Did EMPs become, like, I was about to say, like, a part of society, but, like, I feel like they're just, like, a plot device that is almost tropey at this point. 1996. 
was the point that they started like okay mm-hmm. why do you say that tim i totally made that you up. know what <laughs> just, just made that up so <laughs> could not they could have had emps in like 1865 i wouldn't know no or, no i would have called bullshit on that <laughs> sorry people just didn't know because they didn't have electronic stuff they never noticed when hold they on, went hold off on. tim what was the year you just guessed that makes that you would call bullshit on uh 1865 okay 1865 you would have been off by a hundred years according <laughs> is it 1965 really a non-nuclear EMP device has appeared as early as 1965 in the Thunderbirds TV puppet show. Fucking oh my hell. goodness. By the 1980s, a number of articles on nuclear electromagnetic pulse and popular uh uh yeah, articles on nuclear electromagnetic pulse and the popular press spread knowledge of the EMP phenomenon to the po- to into the popular culture. Uh it has been subsequently used in a wide array of shit. I am paraphrasing. You know what the other thing is? I said 1865. He said I was off by 100 years. He could have come back with 1765, (laughs) and I probably would have been like, really? In addition, the United States Air Force Space Command commissioned science educator Bill Nye to make a video for the Air Force called Hollywood vs. EMP so that people who must deal with real EMP would not be confused by motion picture fiction. The Space Command video is not available to the general public. Oh, that was my next question. I was like, and when are we going to watch this? Yeah. Some some early uh, major films. Well, maybe not major. This first one's made for television. Some early films to feature EMPs. The 1983 film The Day After. 1985's A View to a Kill. 1986. Yes, very good. 1986. Uh, Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam, 1995 Goldeneye, 1999 The Matrix, uh, 1996 Broken Arrow, Escape from L.A. There are lots and lots of examples here, obviously, including Cars 2. Cool. I don't think I saw Cars 2. I like the idea of an EMP in Cars 2, which is basically, let's just cause a coma in every living creature. So, (laughs) in other words... This dude should not have been, like, should have known what an EMP is, I guess. At least, yes. like. Oh, I don't know. He's a rando in Circuit City. and <laughs> Circuit like, City was still you know, pretty big back in the early 2000s. It yeah, was, but. but you... you know what an EMP is because you see it in a movie versus an EMP because someone just dropped one on your Circuit City. I don't know that you could identify the two and, and put them together. I mean, I think I think if this were a uh, radio shack, then I would expect him to know what an EMP is. <laughs> but Circuit Fair. City is basically just shittier Best Buy. And what? always has been. Time out. Tim, are yes. you drinking your margarita out of a water bottle? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. I believe this is the <laughs> first episode of Minds at York, by the way, that Tim has imbibed during. Uh, no, there was the one where I kept stealing Jenna's gin and time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. So, Axe basically goes on TV twice. The first time... The first time he breaks into Channel 7, and the second time he just hacks the feed of every other channel. Yep. Yeah. I'm an alien. How you doing? Oh, there are other aliens that want to attack you. Whatever you do, don't blink. They're very fast. They're very dangerous. Um, So, Cool Beans, I'll be over here. <laughs> he also he he's funny his inner monologues because he has the question of like eh, I could you know like let the Yerks you know go through and 
that'll probably hurt a lot more humans or I could not, you know, as like, he's like, I don't know if it's right to use the humans in that way. You know, no, I'm just going to fight with the humans. That'll probably slow the earth down. But <laughs> like, I actually, he's like, I actually really like getting to see X have this debate on his own. Yeah. Especially after the conversation we had last time about how much has X really grown? How much of this is just yes. him kind of following Jake? This is a pretty immediate. Okay. Yes. yes. How can yep. I minimize suffering? Yeah. Kind of answer. Yeah. He also mm-hmm. gets a really, really good kill shot where he puts the gun over his shoulder, turns a stock eye, and shoots a Yes. Him. So uh I I still think Rachel's is cooler, but Axe is pretty your kill of the week. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He definitely gets the cinematic like just pew. Yes. Yeah. He gets the Han solo shot, is what he gets. He does. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Anything else? We've discussed kind of everybody's. Rachel's is kind of like a side. You know, she's just kind of part of Marco's. Yeah. Um, so Jake, yeah, I think we've kind of discussed everybody. Jake. Jake gets to be Jake. Jake is the yeah. least changed in all of this. Yeah. Um, I do like I, the conversation they have, like the one time they all meet up at the barn. That's like, you're the leader. Why am I the leader? Because Marco cause, said so. Because you are. <laughs> you just are. And I love that Cassie. Is just like, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. They may all think I'm crazy, but like that alien should fucking be here. He should be right there. And there should and be like, Big Bird in that rafter. Yeah, Big Bird. Yeah. Bird. <laughs> so, yeah, I really, really like that scene. Yeah. And, and I really like how Marco handles it. And the fact that like it's even Cassie is like the fact that it's Marco defending Cassie. Where it's like, yeah, what you're saying is crazy. But you know what else is crazy? The fact that like. I chased my dead mom and Jake's brother shot with him, shot at him with a laser gun. Like you're not alone. And yeah, I really, really like that moment. Yeah. We had a very similar conversation. I don't know if you remember this like a week or two ago where uh, you were talking about how they just said, Jake, you're the leader because you're the leader. I'm pretty sure we had the same conversation at movie trivia. <laughs> when when it was determined that Meg was the leader because Meg is just the leader. Because Tim said so. Yeah, that was Tim said. What's funny though is that apparently I'm the leader, but Tim really likes to try to boss me around. <laughs> Tim is in on the Facebook. Weirdly in this case, Facebook. Tim is the Marco. Yes. 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 Exactly. I remain the Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, up, who you know is all about that Zardoz. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, Anything else? Anything else to add? Going once. Going twice. Wait. Just kidding. (laughs) Animal trivia time. Full disclosure, this week is the hardest I have ever fucking had to work to find animal trivia that's not an absolute bummer. You should be glad, Meg, that there was no cool spider trivia this week because you'd have had to deal with it. I mean, I was really expecting, like, the, hey, so we learned from you know you don't know Jack <laughs> how few spiders are actually poisonous. You say how few, I say how many. <laughs> Less so than odd. 1% of spider species are lethal to humans. Which is still more than 30. That's around 30. Yeah. It still means I'm going to burn the house down if I come across <laughs> a spider. I'm sorry. 
Fair enough. But you know what is much cuter and cuddlier than a spider? Well, marginally cuter and cuddlier than a spider? Oh, no, you said marginally. What? <laughs> what? Baby vultures. Okay, I can get on board with baby vultures. Yeah. Look, they are not the most attractive or adorable animal species, but they're very important. And the first baby vulture, baby hooded vulture to be born in the Atlanta Zoo was born last month. These are a critically endangered species of vultures, as many, if not most, vulture species are at this point. Um, And I just kind of love the whole, the whole approach the zoo has taken to this. I, I read from an article on Atlanta's WSB TV. The zoo's bird team was cautiously optimistic on discovering an egg in the nest of first-time parents, Acacia and Ty, in February. Because of the species' critically endangered status and the inexperience of the parent birds, out of an abundance of caution, the team removed the egg to be artificially incubated. The viable egg was replaced with a dummy, or false egg, so that Acacia and Ty could practice incubation and the bird team could learn what they might have done with a real egg. When the parents did not demonstrate proper incubation of the dummy egg, the team determined hand-raising was the safest option to ensure the chick's survival. Jesus. <laughs> um, but the chick did hatch, and as far as I can tell, has survived. This article has not been updated to say otherwise, and please, I don't want to know. Let me have this. Has, did did child have a name? Um, this just refers to it as the hatchling, which I think might make it the bird equivalent of a baby Yoda. Cool. <laughs> um, did you know the Build-A-Bear baby Yodas went on sale yesterday and they had a waiting room? No. Yeah, my friend was in line and, and it sold out while she was in the waiting room. Vultures are highly intelligent and are known to imprint uh, at a very young age. As a result, vultures are, that are raised by humans run the risk of associating themselves with humans rather than with vultures, generally resulting in a negative impact on reproductive success in adulthood, which creates a hilarious mental image for me that I will just no. let each of you extrapolate on your own. That's so good. Why did you do this? To ensure that the chick develops uh, and grows an identification with vultures, the team has employed a strategy called puppet rearing, in which the chick is fed by and interacts with a hand puppet designed to basically resemble the adulthooded vulture. (laughs) I'm looking at this puppet now, and it's hilariously terrifying. It looks like an escapee from the labyrinth. Um... When caring for the chick, bird care specialists do not speak or use other human vocalizations and aim at all times to remain invisible to the chick. So, like, Sesame Street is basically just vulture-rearing boot camp. Good to know. They called in, they called in Big Bird. Uh, they will gradually reintroduce this vulture to other vultures so that it can use used to interacting with and living with members of its own species. Um, Future milestones for the chick include eating on its own and leaving the nest. Cool. Yeah. So I'm going to need updates. Yes. On this vulture as it grows. That's fine. But let me talk about the uh, environmental importance of vultures, please. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, One of the most pressing threats to vultures is poisoning, both unintentional and intentional. 
Poachers are known to poison animal carcasses to kill vultures to present birds from circling overhead, which signals to wildlife trafficking enforcements that carcasses of illegally hunted game are out there, um, and are also killed by belief-based poisoning for ritual use. It's not a good thing to kill vultures because they actually massively reduce the spread of disease by eating carrion, and when vulture populations are removed... Diseases like anthrax, botulism, cholera, rabies, and tuberculosis spread more. Huh. So we need vultures so that COVID doesn't exist. Got it. That was not in this list, but other bad things for sure. Um, anyway, yes, Tim, I will provide you updates on the baby vulture. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm really on board with this. Cool. Oh, here we go. I have found pictures. Okay. I think baby vulture is cute. It's got to be fuzzy. I mean, that's like all the the selling point. Even if it's like bald patch fuzzy, like that's still adorable. I mean, it it I would describe it as overgrown kiwi with nightmare face, like the fruit, not the bird. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Overgrown kiwi with nightmare face. I dig it. All right. Uh, We do not have any new listener (laughs) questions this week, but as a reminder, you can submit them through our website. Uh, nor do we have any email or new reviews on Apple Podcasts. Bummer. We'll cover how to do all of those things in a moment when we outro. But first, Tim. Tim. It is our favorite time, Tim. That's your favorite time. It is our collectively favorite time. Predict. So book 41. Yes. Book 41 is called The Familiar. But not too familiar. (laughs) But not too not familiar um okay so jake is going to head to a local tavern he's 13 he's gonna head to a local tavern and some strange man is going to offer him some gold pieces to go on a quest so he's gonna gather his party together to go on this quest including an animal friend that he makes along the way now would you argue in this book that Jake weighs as much as a duck? Uh, I, sure, for the purposes of seeing where this is going. Well, because yes. then he's a witch, which would make his having a familiar make more sense. Yes. Yes. My dude is only like 15. It's, they don't care about it in like medieval times. Oh, it so suddenly like... we're back in medieval times. The, the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, we're in the else... restaurant medieval times. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. <laughs> have you just given up and just like decided just to like completely bullshit this yeah i have no idea what's familiar that's coming up here like all i could think of was like oh he gets a crow or a raven or something that joins him on his adventure tim sounds like you need to add another D &D game to your repertoire (laughs) (laughs) probably i'm gonna show you the cover okay show me the cover uh, is David coming back? I don't know. Is that... that your guess? Whoa, wait a minute. Are we going to the future? Does he turn into, like, future Jake? Is that what that is? I don't know. Is that what you're guessing? Yeah. He's going <laughs> to turn into future Jake. He's not going to turn into an animal. We're going to do a weird time jump that y'all were just talking about. <laughs> the one that I asked if you thought would happen and you explicitly said no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that all you think is going to? Yeah. yeah. Strong. After seeing that cover. Strong predicting, I... Tim. Strong predicting. <laughs> This is why you truly are the master. This is also why you are not the leader. <laughs> what am I like? This is like our like 
I don't know, like 45th time doing this or something, and I've gotten like two right. I think two yes. would be generous. Well, that's yeah, that's no, counting man. the one that we did, then turn around and write the alternate universe version of where Tim was right. <laughs> this is true. Two and a half, maybe, if you, we give you maybe. that, like, it's a wonderful yeah. life. Yeah. We, no, y'all gave me the Yeah, other. I, 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 me walked, the other. I walked him right up to that one and rang the doorbell for him. <laughs> I had that one pegged as Die Hard. Yeah, uh, so I don't, I don't think I can, I don't think I can take credit for that one. It's gonna be hilarious when Forty One turns out to be Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that is enough of all of that. We'd like to thank Red Sphinx for our show art. You can check out more of their work by supporting their Patreon or visiting at Chaos Does Art on Instagram. If you're interested in getting some cool art, email Red at c.spinks.animator at gmail.com. I think our uh, co-host just realized that Red has a Patreon. (laughs) I like how you put that in there. But no, that wasn't what I just realized. Okay, sorry. I'll work it in. Keep going, Alex. Keep our social meets at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyerk at gmail.com. Our website is mindsatyerk.com. In case you haven't realized it yet, Yerk is spelled Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are available on your podcatching platform of choice, and if not, let us know. We'll find a way to get there. Anybody have anything to promote? I'll at least we are consistent. This week. I was on Panelology last week. I'm cooler than you. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) And that's called just dropping the atomic bomb on Tim. (laughs) The atomic bomb, if you will. Uh, I also think my episode of six uh, on um, Media Evil podcast is coming up. I don't know if it's this week or next week. That is the best podcast name. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, there's a couple new places you can hear me outside of here. Cool. Hey, real quick before you pick a page. Yeah. Page 59 had three capital D dumpsters. Is that what you realized in the middle of? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. That was what I realized. I failed to mention. Well, I'm glad you could do your due dumpster diligence. <laughs> Anything right. else anybody else was... wants to promote? All of that was capitalized. I also yep. host judging book covers. I'm ignoring your dumpster conversation. I was on t- judging book covers not long ago, too. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Uh, I've got the aforementioned panelology. I've also got the Rob Thomas, no, not that one, Rob cast, which uh, has just finished up talking about the first season of Veronica Mars. Woo-hoo. Oh, that came out today, didn't it? It did. Hell yeah, I gotta listen to that tomorrow. All right. Somebody stop me. When? My eyes rose to the rafters. My name has been Alex. I'm Megan. And I, of course, was Tim. And until then, we fight! <laughs>